0: Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing in small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast, and thank you as always for joining me. We've got uh, quite a bit of action going on out there, but uh, I'm gonna kind of steer kind of away from what's going on so much in the news for right now as I'm doing a quick early morning update. And uh, really wanted to dive into really what I'm seeing as far as the trends are in the marketplace and really how my small business experience kind of leads me into this way of thinking. Uh, just, Just with the cost of everything right now, uh, I mean, me and a a buddy, Brad, who's been on here before, we were kind of talking like, man, I, I don't even know how you would start a small business right now, and you know it's really true. It's like the the prices of of everything, and, and me buying this new mower uh, for my business, and you know you see these prices. I I bought one six years ago and it was nine thousand. I saw them you know four years ago and they were like ten thousand, and now they're fourteen grand. So it's it's really hard to wrap your head around how quick things are going up, but, uh, you know, to put together a small lawn business, you know, you, you'd probably be 60, 70, 80% higher than when I started. And, you know, just that cost and that barrier to entry is certainly making it harder for people. Uh, so I'm kind of looking at that and then I was, got me thinking about, you know, the IPO market, you know, the initial public offering of these different stocks. And, uh, I did a little bit of looking here and, uh, For 2021, we had, I believe it was 1,035 IPOs for the year 2021. And then we looked forward at uh, 2022, and it was 181 IPOs for 2022. So, you know, a massive drop-off from the companies that were trying to come publicly in in 2021 for for a lot of different reasons. Um, You know, we had the cost of money was... just ridiculously cheap. Uh, you know, there's a lot of venture capital out there. Everyone was getting handed money by the government. There was a lot of reasons to go public at that time as there was just an appetite for stocks. Uh, now so far in 23, there's only been 48 IPOs and, uh, you know, kind of mixed picture as to how they are doing. And, uh, you know, there's obviously some winners, some, some losers, but, um, it looks like on on this chart that I'm looking at, the majority of uh, companies that have actually gained are small uh, single digit to to teens. There are some outliers in that group, but a lot of the companies that have dropped have been forty, seventy um, you know or or more percent down. So definitely uh, a, a case where it's it's hard out there to you know go public. And the companies that are doing it are uh, are not really uh, getting the full benefit that they were seeing in 2021. As you know, anything that was a, a startup, an IPO, a SPAC, just had money handed to it left and right. So that kind of got me thinking. Well, what does that mean for the market? Yes, there's there's not as much cash out there uh, in the market buying into stocks as there was back then. But um, really, what is what does that mean? Well, the the first thing I wanted to really cover was uh, we've got these large companies that are going to benefit from this. Well, uh, first up, they they don't really have that competition that they had you know two years ago, where every other startup was uh, was a newcomer, uh, a new company they had to worry about. They had a lot of funding, they had a lot of followers. Uh, we really aren't seeing that so much right now. So. Uh, the the fact that that competition isn't there by the means of a new company every other day with uh, you know billions of dollars being injected into it by venture capital. Um, you know the, these companies are have a little bit easier as to you know the fact that they can even buy up some of these companies or just kind of bulldoze them over with the amount of money they have on that balance sheet. Now the second thing I wanted to say is it also has an appetite for uh, people to stay in these stocks. Uh, a lot of times, when we see these IPOs, you know that money has to come from somewhere. So sometimes these people would sell out of Apple, Amazon, Google, uh, Netflix in the past. Uh, some of these big names, or even, even Tesla, when it got uh, you know that record high that they set, and just the massive movements that they had. So people would sell out of those in order to buy these other up and comers that they thought were going to be uh, you know five x, ten x plays. Where they'd simply just print money by, you know, coming into the market at that right time. So there's a lot of different things going on here as to why, you know, the the rich are going to get richer, the small companies are going to have a harder time. Uh, you know, they might have some great technology, but uh, it might not be a great time or a, a great environment to go public. So you know, there's a, a multifaceted reason why these larger companies are going to outperform. They've got the cash. They don't have competition. People are not selling out of these stocks as much as they were in 2021. I think a lot of people are more in that long-term hold, a long-term build pattern for some of these big names, and uh, we might not have that influx of cash that we were seeing back then uh, from simply having you know all the uh, the apes, the AMC, the the Reddit people. Uh, You know the the stock traders that were you know locked down in 2020 and 21, we're not really seeing that. So I I think a lot of that reason is uh, you know really helping these large companies stay larger. It's uh, giving them more of an advantage when it comes to buying up companies on the cheap or partnering where they have to, and uh, really makes it a little bit easier for them. I'm not saying that these stocks have all rallied. But a lot of the large ones have. We, we've talked about this being uh, Microsoft, Apple, uh, Tesla, NVIDIA, all of them really rising, you know, just so quickly this year. Uh, some of it for the trends that, uh, you know, in AI for NVIDIA, other things because they got beat down too much. Uh, but really, they don't they don't have that competition anymore. You look at Meta, um, there, there's no one really that is even remotely close to them. On that front, you know, Twitter is having issues, Uh, Snapchat's having issues, TikTok is is definitely out there, but uh, I'm not sure that it's going to get that uh, worldwide, uh, you know, followers that they have on the uh, the Facebook platform, simply because of a lot of the Chinese fears, a lot of the problems that are associated with downloading a uh, a foreign app onto your phone. Uh, So there's a lot of different things going on there, but I don't really see anyone coming into the marketplace right now and really going after what Meta has. I I don't think that they're going to do that. Uh, You know, you might have some competition from some of the other players. You know, maybe Google flips a switch and does something and and tries to build out their own following or their own platform. But uh, I really think that Google's lane is going to be uh, Google search uh, with advertisements, things like that. And and you still got, um, you know, they kind of stay in their lane to somewhat uh, of an extent. But, uh, you know, same thing with uh, with Microsoft or Google, Um, you know, they obviously are really trying to expand the businesses that they are in. And uh, as we talked about last time with Microsoft uh, partnering with Cognizant and Palantir, they are doing that out of a position of power. And uh, I think that is going to further help their their business, uh, as well as them buying Activision. Uh, I also saw that uh, Google is looking to build more in the tpus the tensor processing units uh for the future of ai so that is another thing that they're looking to get into and uh you know they really can just focus on that growth right now because they don't have to worry as much uh simply about the uh, the downside of, of what co- could go wrong when they have all this cash on hand i mean things can go wrong things can go sideways But uh, they don't have to worry about it as much as some of these small startup companies. And that's kind of what I was really thinking about this morning when I was thinking, you know, where do we want to put that money in order to find that safety? And uh, I do think that, you know, these companies are really in that sweet spot right now of they've been sold off uh, in the way of Amazon Alphabet, uh, you know, maybe not so much in the Microsoft and uh, in Meta. Camp right now. Those are still doing very well. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Amazon right now, and I can easily see this one with a 30 or 40% run after, uh, you know, we, we kind of get some of these, uh, the rates smooth out. We have a little bit less fear out there in the market. People are getting hired back, and uh, things are kind of settling back down. Uh, and 36 different analysts agree with me on that at uh, a 36.7% upside. So I really don't see any reason to not buy some of these uh, these large companies that really have that scale. I don't really think too many people are coming for Amazon in the way of all their different businesses. Yes, they have some competition with Walmart or Target, but uh, those companies are not Amazon. If you see what I'm saying there, they they are definitely more multifaceted. Uh, you know, with cloud and and all the things that Amazon does so well. And uh, I don't really see that competition there from Target or Walmart. So we're we're definitely looking at, uh, you know, some of these companies that are still beaten down. They have that uh, that moat around them, if you will, where these small companies aren't really easily going to be able to gain major market share. Uh, they they have the pricing power. Uh, again, I don't think that, you know, if, if Prime, the prices on Prime were raised by five or ten dollars, people are going to run for the hills. Uh, I think we're just going to you know, pay it maybe a lot of times, not even know that we're getting a price increase and uh, just keep moving on with our lives because we've uh, kind of been conditioned to live this way where things are just delivered to our doorstep every, uh, you know, what seems like every 45 minutes sometimes. But uh, that that's kind of where I'm at. I don't really think that uh, that competition is such a fear right now in the way of a lot of these big companies. Um And really, we just want to limit that downside potential uh, simply by not buying companies that are very risky right now. Uh, I've said before, you can speculate with a small position of your portfolio, uh, whether that's five or 10 percent or whatever number works for you. If it's higher, you know, take that uh, risk and and make sure it's safe when when things go wrong. But uh, I definitely think that these companies um, are a much safer play. And in a lot of cases, they are undervalued to where they should actually be, uh, even at the moment. I know the th- macro environment's tough. I understand that uh, things might not be perfect. But, um, you know, Google at 105 uh, got about 22% upside. I think that is a strong company to really consider, at least for the next three to five years. You know, right now, well, you know, advertising might get worse. I can't say that it won't, but uh, I still think that Google is going to come out of this thing. Uh, pretty much unscathed. Uh, yes, there's definitely that competition between uh, Microsoft Bing and Google Search. Uh, ultimately, we'll see where that goes. I know Google's still working on their product, but um, I still really feel strongly that these top tier companies are going to outperform in that long term with a, a greater margin of safety as some of these small startup companies where they kind of feel like penny stocks they're more volatile they have more problems Uh, the cash concerns and the the amount of uh, money on the balance sheet is certainly an issue Uh, i do see that uh, these larger companies are going to continue to buy out smaller companies they're going to continue to partner with them um, and and try to make things better for themselves and uh, i really see that as a a large opportunity for us that uh, you know if you're if you were looking to start your own company and uh the the environment's just very tough right now to get going uh if you don't have a bank role behind you know the the project you're looking to start you know it might not be the time for you or for that other small company that's looking to get going uh and even if they are already moving uh, it might be a hard time to go public might be a hard time to bring their their you know company to the stock market so i definitely see that as a benefit for the larger companies and uh, really want you to think about that when you're thinking about what to invest in next as a kind of a way to uh, prevent any kind of major problems that uh, could arise from simply buying into the wrong stock at the wrong time. But uh, also looking at uh, you know, Google is uh, probably trading lower than where it was uh, a year and a half or even two years ago. And uh, I definitely think that that presents an opportunity for us. Uh, you know, yeah. When I go back to the end of 2021, we were sitting up around 150 and now we're at 105. So uh, I don't really think that anything in the specifically Google uh, area has really deteriorated that much um, outside of that macro macroeconomic point of view. I think we've still got uh, a lot of problems with uh, companies not wanting to spend as much, not advertise as much but I believe when they flip that switch back on and they want to go ahead and advertise more, they're gonna come back to Google. They're gonna go back to uh, you know Amazon to continue their shopping or their, their web services or whatever it is on some of these top tier companies. Same thing with Meta. I still think that that is going to have a margin of safety as people are going to still use that uh, to go ahead and advertise on. So that is, that's what I'm seeing out here. I definitely think that they, uh, they deserve a look and uh, probably, you know, want to really position your your portfolio around having some of these larger companies, and even the uh, you know the healthcare companies, or you know not just your big tech, but uh, the other companies that are really in that sweet spot of having that cash on hand, having that free cash flow coming in, and uh, really being able to churn out uh, more growth at a reasonable valuation. So. That's what I got there. Uh, it's going to be a crazy busy couple of days here for me. So I'm going to come back a little bit later. We're going to talk more about the investing challenge. We're going to see, uh, what stocks are working and, uh, really where we want to buy, uh, at this point in time to see where we can, uh, really find some good value and, uh, really bolster our portfolios to get to that next level of financial freedom. So, uh, stick around. I'll be back later this afternoon to go ahead and finish this one up. But, uh, I will see you guys shortly. All right, guys. I am back here on the podcast after uh, a long workday and uh, a short little break here before I've got to uh, get dinner and run off to soccer practice. It is uh, nonstop over here in the springtime, but that is all right. So uh, we did have CPI come out this morning, and uh, this was going to be really bad news if we had that uh, same number as we had in February and we stayed at that 6% uh, year-over-year inflation number. But uh, ultimately, these numbers did come in a little bit lighter than anticipated, uh, which in the morning looked like it was going to be a great thing for the market. Uh, we had the CPI uh, headline inflation rose only a tenth of a percent over last month. We were anticipating two, uh, two-tenths of a percent and uh, 5% year-over-year Uh, from March to last March. Uh, So that was good. Also, we were anticipating 5.1 annually, and uh, some people were thinking we're going to stay more at that 6%, which ultimately would have meant that the Fed has not done their job yet, and they uh, would possibly have to raise again. So these lower numbers than anticipated ultimately means that we might actually see a pause in May. We might not get another rate increase And uh, we might be elevated for longer at these current uh, rates, but uh, we won't have to hopefully not have to raise any more going forward. So uh, the the market did react to that, as you would anticipate. The market uh, took off this morning and uh, we were green in the morning. But uh, now since then, we have actually traded kind of sideways and down a bit, depending on which index you're looking at. The NASDAQ. Uh, is actually down the most, down 52 points. The Dow is up 47 points, and the S&P is pretty much unchanged at uh, less than a tenth of a percent down. So uh, a lot of different things to unwrap there. It looks like food and energy are the two things that are remaining high uh, in March, and uh, the headline number of, of all items is coming down more so than food and energy uh, we did see gas prices tick back up. We have seen food prices stay elevated, but uh, some of these housing numbers and different things that are in the report have come down. So that is definitely good to see. Uh, it's nice to know that the Fed might not have to, you know, kick these rates up one more time. And uh, I'm really curious to see where we go from here if we can get a pause in these rate hikes. But um, I'm I'm kind of thinking that the uh, the markets are selling off really because this news was pretty much in line with where we were hoping to be uh, a lot of it was kind of getting priced in and uh, I think if we went to that six uh, percent year-over-year increase that some people were kind of calling for we would have seen some real pain today but uh, you know pretty much a, a quiet day here on Wednesday on the market and um, I, I guess that's a good thing I, I really didn't want to see a uh, complete sell-off on this uh, the CPI print that we got uh, Wednesday morning. But uh, with that being said, uh, we we did go ahead and uh, purchase uh, Amazon for the investing challenge for week 15. And um, let's take a look here. We've got uh, looking at crypto right now also. So we've got uh, Bitcoin uh, up above 30,000. We are at 30,200. And that has been a lot of talk right now. We have seen some major uh, runs in Bitcoin uh, the three-month chart we're up fifty-nine percent. Uh, six months we are up fifty-seven percent. So we have definitely seen a a massive run in Bitcoin here. I think from some of the lows, uh, beginning of the year we're up about eighty percent. Uh, we did have a spike, uh, in between this three and six-month period to where it cooled back down and then uh, picked back up. So. Uh, If you take that four month window, that was really the the big gain from down in the the sixteen thousand area. I think we might even hit fifteen something, but um, pretty massive run there for Bitcoin. And uh, a lot of people are saying that um, you know the a lot of a lot of interest is coming back into Bitcoin. The most amount of wallets uh, now holds one Bitcoin or more. And uh, that is certainly kind of revitalizing the talk around crypto. We've got uh, Ethereum now up to 1921, uh, up 34% on the three month and uh, 47% on the six month, but uh, Bitcoin is outperforming. And uh, I think a lot of that is for a lot of the different currency problems we're having around the world. Uh, we really don't know who's gonna partner with who on what uh, reserve currency here, there, or anywhere. Uh, we've got a lot of problems with the banking, which is ultimately kind of scaring people from uh, holding dollars. They might want to invest in a, a, a cryptocurrency to uh, kind of control their their own money. But um, a lot a lot of different reasons out there. But so that's what I am seeing right now in the the crypto space. When I look back over at the Webull page for the Let It Grow Investing Challenge. Uh, for 2023. Make sure to you get your votes in. We are definitely uh, not seeing the amount of votes that I would like to see on that. Uh, uh, the weekly votes we do over on Facebook. So please get over there and get those uh, those votes in. But uh, for the Webull portfolio, we are down 5%. Now that is this, since the start of 2022, uh, down about 0.7% uh, today. With uh, some of the riskier bets that we've taken, we are underperforming the market today, which I can't kind of anticipate just with the things that we have invested in. Now, uh, we've still got a lot of things that have done really well at this point. Starbucks, MGM, UPS, Microsoft, uh, Iron Mountain, American Express, uh, a lot of uh, companies here giving uh, double-digit returns since we have bought them. And uh, we're also getting the dividends on them as well. So that is definitely nice to see. But uh, some of the things that are underperforming are uh, really bringing us down on on the The negative side here on this portfolio, and uh, yeah, we still got some ugly ones. Shopify, Plug Power, Honest Company, even MPW—that one is painful. Uh, they have been selling off some of their assets in Australia. We got a little bit of a reprieve uh, on MPW, so we hopped out of the seven dollar range. We're up in uh, the eight, you know, mid eight range, and uh, I, I'm still cautiously optimistic on MPW. I do like it for the dividend, but. Uh, there are some unknowns with uh, MPW. But um, yeah, where, where else we got? We've got uh, yeah, Bank of America still down uh, since we've purchased it. Devon Energy still down. And uh, yeah, NVIDIA has actually come up really nice for us. And uh, we did purchase this one originally week one of 22 at $302 and it uh, got destroyed. But uh, we are coming back up nice. We're at uh, sitting at 266.40 right now, and uh, definitely something that I can see some long-term gains in. So uh, I'm glad I purchased that one in my brokerage and in my retirement account throughout the year last year. But this one is just uh, a simple one-time purchase that we actually all decided to vote on NVIDIA, and we went ahead and purchased that early. So we're, we're still seeing a little bit of pain in, in this portfolio. But um, yeah, going forward for Week 16, we've got uh, five different names, as we always do, for the investing challenge. And uh, I did not put them on my cheat sheet here, but I've got them on another page. So uh, we had five different names. First up was was Target. And uh, we, we've already covered these pretty much in depth on the, uh, the last episode. So I'll just run through them pretty quick here and uh, kind of give you a quick update as to what I'm seeing. Uh, Target. Uh, I still am uh, a little bit uh, cautious when it comes to them uh, for a couple reasons, mainly still the inventory problem. We still have that macroeconomic outlook where it's a little bit uh, sketchier, if you will. And it makes it a little bit harder to go ahead and purchase the retail names. Uh, I know they do some grocery and food and staples uh, that, that people have to have but some of their inventory is more the uh, the home decorations, the clothing that uh, might be more consumer discretionary. So I don't know if it's the best pick at, at the given time, but uh, I do think they are a great company. The, the P.E. sitting at a 27, uh, you're getting about a two and a half percent dividend yield by investing in Target right now. Um, so, yeah, we, we hit a low of uh, 137 last June. And uh, we did have a coming from a high of 254 last April. So it, uh, it got cut in half and we're trying to claw our way back up here. But uh, ultimately, I think a, a lot of the things that was hurting uh, Walmart or Target, Nike, whoever else uh, was a lot of that inventory problem, that inventory crunch. They had to sell a lot of things cheaper. Uh, the margins weren't necessarily there uh, to really sell all of their items at full cost. And they kind of got stuck with a lot of things. So I'm hoping that uh, we are kind of out of that. They get the inventory levels under control and uh, can go forward from here. Uh, I do think that uh, coming off of that 254 high, uh, this we could certainly get back up there. I think uh, 165 is, is fairly priced. It could probably come down on that PE a little bit uh, to make me feel a little bit better. Probably in the low 20 area for that PE which would uh, bring this one down probably back into like the 140 area. And uh, I would definitely be a little bit more comfortable about purchasing then. But, uh, or even when the dividend yield gets to about 3%, that might be a better way to look at it. So you know you get a better starting dividend yield, a little bit better of a purchase entry price. But at the same time, I do think that even buying now, and uh, if you're gonna hold this one long-term, three, five years or, or out, uh, I do think that this could be a good purchase for us. But um, so moving on to number two, uh, that company was Nike and similar problems here for Nike. Uh, we had a lot of inventory problems. Uh, the, the problems when in China, we thought that business was going to be uh, pretty much dead, but that business really got turned around. There is a lot of uh, you know interest over there with a lot of people coming out of the COVID lockdowns that they had and uh, we had fears of the the jordan brand really not doing as well and uh that's kind of been proven wrong so i think a lot of the problems that were there with nike uh the inventory problems and some of the the fears on china are kind of subsiding and uh being that we're at 123 the pe is a little bit higher i do think they have more growth uh so the dividend is going to be a little bit lower at 1.1 but uh, this is definitely a company that could have a a long-term uh, you know, positive growth for you, and be fairly uh, safe out there. There's really not any major competition in that exact space. Uh, I think you know the the Under Armors of the world. I don't know that they necessarily compete on the same level when it comes to the diehard uh, shoe people that are really collecting shoes. The Jordans and all those are still uh, more in demand than a lot of the other brands. Uh, and then you've got other you know high end. Athleisure wear like Lululemon, that I don't really know that these two have so much crossover. I'm sure there's some, but uh, I I do think that Nike is in kind of a league of their own in a lot of different ways. So uh, I would be comfortable adding here, uh, knowing that we've still got uh, you know more growth to come and uh, a lot of those fears out of China and uh, other Asian markets that are going to be easing and the demand is still strong over there. So that is number two, Nike NKE. Uh, number three, we are looking at ABV. and uh, uh, ticker is ABBV if you're following along. And this one I have been in for quite some time. I really do think that the healthcare companies are really going to do well in this uh, this environment, this market, knowing that uh, even if we do hit on hard times, we do have a recession, uh, I still think that the the pharmaceutical companies are going to be great. Uh at least safer, knowing that uh, people are going to have to have their their medications uh, in order to you know live the lifestyle that they're used to. So you're getting a starting dividend right now about three point six percent, which is definitely nice, and uh, that would certainly offset some of that uh, inflation that we have been seeing. And uh, you know you're at least getting something. Waiting on this one to turn around. So um, when I'm looking, I'm going to look at Reuters real quick just to refresh my memory. Uh, five-year return of about 72%. So that is a, a definitely a nice move up. And uh, I have been in this one for probably about five years. So I have certainly seen some highs and lows in this one. There is not much upside here, but only about 1.7%. But uh, I, in my opinion, I do think that this one gives you a good amount of safety. A lot of people go into these healthcare stocks uh, for that higher dividend. You're going to get a lot of that safety from uh, a lot of the recession fears. I remember now, the annual revenue is down for 23 and 24, a lot to do with the Humira uh, patents expiring. And we're looking for other medications to really uh, take some of the cake there. I think it's Renvoke and Sky Rizzy that they are really going to be leaning on when it comes to building that uh, annual revenue back up. Uh, So uh, you're getting about uh, 8.5% dividend growth last year. Uh, The dividend payout is higher at 87.2%. But still, one that I think the uh, the starting uh, dividend yield is going to help offset some of those uh, those future fears that we have, and at least give you something on that quarterly basis to have some some money coming in more so than I think every other na- uh, name on this list. Uh, number four, TJ Maxx. Uh, you're going to get uh, discounted clothing and and home goods from Home Goods. And I think that could be a, a safe play here as uh, people are going to be very price sensitive. And you're going to see people going to discount uh, retailers to buy up all this uh, excess inventory that uh, Walmart, Target, Nike, whoever else could not sell. Uh, TJ Maxx will come in and buy it for pennies on the dollar, then go ahead and uh, sell it back to us uh, through their stores. So uh, starting dividend about 1.7%. They are uh, closer to the high end of that yearly range, sitting at uh, 77 and a quarter right now. And uh, one that I think should be doing pretty well through a recession or uh, a slowdown in the economy, as long as things don't get uh, really bad. If we enter into more of a depression, uh, I think that this could certainly you know, fall apart. But uh, if it's kind of a soft landing, if the recession isn't too deep, uh, I think that this one should do well as people are watching uh, where their where their dollars are going. So that is number four, TJX for uh, TJ Maxx. And uh, number five, which is currently in the lead right now, and uh, I can see why, uh, that name is Capital One Financial. The ticker is COF. And we are closer to that bottom of the yearly range on this one with all the other problems in the bank stocks. We've got a very safe PE at 5.3 times, We've got massive earnings per share at 17.9. So I think this one is probably going to be the safest, I'm going to say, uh, from the standpoint that it has already sold off so drastically. And uh, I I think that this one should survive. They are in the top 10 of banks for the amount of assets that they have under management. Uh, You are getting about a 2.43% starting dividend yield. And uh, you, you got a lot of safety in the fact that the PE is already at a 5.3. Uh, I really don't think that this one is going to go down too much more, uh, especially with that strong earnings per share number to back it up. Uh, we currently have about 18.9% of price target upside on this one. Uh, so that uh, that should certainly help this going forward. And their, their business is broken down 45% consumer loans. in credit cards, and about 18.5% in commercial loans. So uh, again, uh, a larger bank, more in that tier one category, and uh, one that I think should do well from the standpoint that a lot of the banking fears are really overblown. And uh, I think some of those smaller banks are going to hurt a little bit more, but uh, Capital One should be doing pretty decently through this. Uh, I'm not gonna say that the banking fears are over but uh, that some of them are being overblown for uh, a lot of the tier one operators. So um, that's what I got for you guys this week. Target, uh, ticker TGT, Nike, NKE, Abv ABBV, TJ Maxx, TJX, and uh, Capital One Financial, which is COF. So please get over to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Get your vote in. So we can add one of these five to the investing challenge portfolio to really try to uh, take advantage of some of these beaten down names throughout this uh, first part of 2023. But uh, that's what I got for you guys today. Hopefully that uh, gives you some insight as to why I think that some of these larger companies should really shine through uh, a potential slowdown why I'm seeing some definite reasons to be looking into the bank stocks, into healthcare stocks, and really what's on top of my mind right now. So if you got any questions, any uh, concerns, please feel free to reach out uh, either on Facebook or leave a message on Spotify here. And uh, please go ahead, like, subscribe, and share to uh, make sure that you don't miss any future episodes. But uh, that's all I got for you guys today. So uh, I will catch you in the next one. Take care.